Let's go get these monsters out of the mine. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones in the Temple of Film. I'm Steve, and back with me as always is Chris and Brad. Brad, hey, what's this uh, beautiful podcast brought to us by this week? This week we got a new sponsor. It's Vaping Grandma Skippers Landscaping. Are you tired of boring, outdated landscaping services? Want to add touch of uniqueness to your outdoor space? Look no further. Grandma Skippers Vaping Landscaping Services here to transform your garden into a breathtaking oasis, just like Barbie Land. That's uh, that. <laughs> Can you say that again? All, all that vaping grandma skippers landscaping. Vaping grandma skippers landscaping. What a what a business you found there. I don't know where you get them. I don't even want to know. Just keep getting them in. Does Skipper provide the vaping grandmas, or is the vaping grandma's name Skipper? Skipper is a vaping grandma. Oh. Oh. Nice. Okay. I, you know, I'm just really interested in what type of landscaping you know they they provide here but uh, maybe we should vaping that too like you know like do they change vape flavors for with the seasons who knows are they vaping straight dmt i don't even who know who knows one of life's great <laughs> mysteries <laughs> oh chris why don't you tell everyone the uh lovely franchise and what movie of the franchise we are doing well if you can't read uh tremors one uh and we are starting in the beginning of Tremors, uh, with Tremors 4, uh, The Legend Begins. Uh, I guess we should explain it. So we want to do the Tremors franchise, but we also want to have the best movie on the Halloween. So we're like, ah, let's just go backwards in the Tremor films. Now, it happened to be that Tremors 4 is a prequel. I didn't know that. I did. So it's almost like we are starting at the beginning. It, it It's a common thing with us. You messed up on that. We're going to mess up on Halloween next year. We've got a calendar going now. We're going to we're going to be on top of this, guys. Yeah, we're really on top of it because the title of the film is The Legend Begins. And we're like, oh, I wonder if that's a prequel. <laughs> Turns out it no. is. I, I I read the subtitle and it just like flew right over my head. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess we're doing something new. I don't know. Well, have you guys seen this before then? No. Oh, I have. I grew up watching this. First time for me. Yeah. Yeah, I so didn't even know this existed. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, I've seen every Tremors. And uh, this one had a special place in my heart because we watched it a lot, like Magic and D&D &D and other things. It came on a lot back in the day yeah was it more of like a you said tnt uh sci-fi something i don't know cable yeah well because it had a sci-fi original and i believe at this time they owned all the trimmers rights so i'm pretty sure this was a real sci-fi original it just happened to be distributed by universal and this wasn't yeah, even I... distributed by universal like pictures it's distributed by their home video like a wing so we went over that before I didn't know the difference. Thank you for teaching me and the audience. 
Well, it's just usually when you get in that section, uh, your budgets are usually slashed. So I do wonder, I, I don't quite know who's paying for these. Uh, maybe Universal, maybe Sci-Fi, maybe both. I don't know. It's kind of an interesting thing that they do with these films. Definitely during this time period, too, because now it's just all produced by streaming or, you know, a production company. Good question. I, I guess there are a few films that are produced independently and then bought by streaming. But I think mostly it. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like as crazy as it used to be, but I could be wrong. You know, there might have been a lot of money laundering going on back in the 90s and early 2000s. So that's how they got budgeted. No, no. I, Hollywood would never do anything illegal. Yeah, I, I think that's how a lot of movies have got funded. <laughs> a little wink, wink, nod, nod. Yeah. Hey, give us seven million dollars. We'll make this for five. <laughs> Who knows where the other two million go? Maybe we'll just leave it on the doorstep on accident. Yep. Interns, they're forget are forgetful. Ugh. I do love this one uh, for one reason. I don't actually love the film. I'm not going to say that. I, I just love that they return to all practical, basically, in this, mm -hmm. which I think is a really cool thing. So with that. Yeah, it is. Brad, I get some comments on that. They did a great job of stretching that budget and reusing oh, the graboids. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, especially the the last third of the movie is just a bunch of just like puppets. It's great. It was. All right, Brad, All right. bring us that the quick facts. Leads us into the quick facts. We got this directed by S.S. Wilson, who also directed Tremors 2 Aftershocks. We got a screenplay by Scott Buck, who wrote the script in four or five days while also writing for Six Feet Under. That is impressive. Story by mm -hmm. Brett Maddock, S.S. Wilson, and Nancy Roberts, based on characters by S.S. Wilson, Brent Maddock, and Ron Underwood. Distributed by Universal Pictures Home Entertainment. Released a video on January 2nd, 2004. Budget of $5 million. Rotten Tomatoes gave it no tomato meter on this because it I'm assuming because it was never released theatrically, an audience score of 33%, which proves you just need to find your niche and you can just keep cranking out sequels for as long as the audience is there to devour your product. Yeah, I think even at a 33%, people are going to watch them. Like, yeah, they're just, still making them. They they made a Tremor 7 last and year. Trevor 7 and counting, you know, and it's like they're still making these things. So they're making yeah. money or somebody's laundering out some money. I do have to confess that I did watch Tremors 5. Uh, what was it? That's it's like Africa, Bloodlines. Right? Yes. Yeah, that's Africa. Africa. With Jamie, Jamie Kennedy. Kennedy. I yeah. told you I like these movies. Yeah, they're, that one's interesting too because it does keep with like the same color palette and definitely, you know, Burt Gummer still being like the, the head of this entire franchise in there. It's it's definitely they stepped that one up. It's basically all CG, it seems like. And, you know, like the the Graboids are jumping around. It's just like it doesn't. It's just hard. Like when you watched one and two as much as I have, it's just like it kind of didn't feel like a Tremors film. Yeah. It just felt I will say with different. the new trilogy, that mm -hmm. that is the best one now. Five. Is it? Yeah, I think so. I just want to know why. It's been refreshing after from 2004. Mm -hmm. to like five years ago when it was released just to see it again yeah it was definitely shot better than i would like to say for three and four like tremors five was shot better i just want to know why jamie kennedy didn't get a haircut because he just looks terrible in the film he's a wacky guy I, I, it's like he just didn't care he's like whatever you're paying me money i'll show up and do this 
and you know i don't like to bash him too because i've actually enjoyed J- a lot of jamie kennedy's things throughout yeah. his acting career i just like looked at it that one i'm like oh bud gotta get your haircut come on now oh wow oh well. that's <laughs> who's starring in this brad all right we got michael gross as hiram gomer more to that you'll talk about that later on Sarah Botsford as Christine Lord. We got our boy Billy Drago back. Yes. Black Hand Kelly. Mm-hmm. It's great. We got Brent Rome as Juan Padilla. All right. Uh, so uh, I'm trying to figure out where to go here with this. Uh, I, mean, I, I was going to say, I don't have any notes. I was going to say something okay. about each one of these characters, but Hiram Gomer, this is, uh, we can get into that in movie notes also. He's, uh, yeah. I mean, we forgot August Schellenberg. Uh, the native american guy in it he's pretty good oh we didn't even put the whole chang family because no it wasn't on the top four when i just uh copy and pasted so uh, yeah i'm not looking it up (laughs) (laughs) i'm not doing it yeah they don't have photos so yeah ming lo uh and then linda look were the the parents and then sam lynn was the child the little kid that learns a lesson yeah, I wasn't going to try to pronounce the names. I don't want to fuck them up. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I, I got you. I, I just was like, oh, well, they're not on the top four that I have right here, so I'm just going to keep going. That's exactly what it is. Like, uh, you know, when you're sitting there trying to get all these giant things and notes together, it just kind of gets annoying searching for stuff. Mm-hmm. So I can't tell you, I did watch this movie twice but there's there's an asterisk on that so i watched it one time fully through and it was pretty cool but when i was walking in a walmart shopping i noticed that they had all seven films for twenty dollars i was thinking about buying that because i can't i had the dvd of the first four i cannot locate that anywhere and i seen that at walmart too yeah so i bought it it's got like a glow in the dark front and then i noticed on trimmers four that they have a commentary from the director. So one day I popped it on in the background, put on my PS5 headphones, and while working, just listened to the commentary. And nice. the director, S.S. Wilson, which I found out has basically been involved at least through the first four films, which I wonder because it seems like him, S.S. Wilson, and Brent Maddock have really been involved, and maybe even Ron Underwood have been involved in basically all three of these, or like have stayed in communication, you know, kind of like churning these things out. And I think that's really, as I watched all four of these and we're going to go backwards in them, I think that's why they all somewhat feel so well connected. I mean, it it could even be just, they get an email and they tell them yes or no on things. Yeah. Know, eventually like, no, they want to do that. Turn to something else. Yeah. Phone call, email, something. I just I feel like when we watched all four of them, like the color palettes are the same. They they kind of, you know, connect like especially three and four connect all the way back to one. And it's just an interesting little dynamic, because, you know, if you look at like Friday the 13th and stuff, those are all over the place. No one it went from director to director. No one cared. It was so loose and just wild. I feel like these four. Hey, you did a really good job. All seven of them do. They all use the same characters, mention things that happened in all the other movies, except for four, obviously. But Yeah, and they involve the character, and then they kind of make sure each film that kept progressing kept calling back to the other films with the progression of the monster, which I think is really cool. 
So uh, let's pop this tape in and uh, let's discuss these trailers. We've got Skulls 3, the Skulls 3. I think I've seen the first. I'm not sure. Isn't it a bunch of rich kids being jerks? Yeah, at a college. It's like a secret society. Yeah. Yeah, and I wrote on a note for this. It's a good thing the internet has come around and cooled off all that secret society conspiracy theory hysteria. <laughs> I have no I, idea what you're talking about. I do like those kind of movies and like uh, religious horror movies. Those are they got a certain feel. Oh yeah, movie. there's a new Exorcist coming. I think it might just drop this week, tomorrow, maybe today. New Pet Cemetery. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Original well, Pet second... Cemetery is fantastic. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. The second one's a lot of fun too. It's just. A completely different type of film in a way. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> uh, the potato death and that still cracks me up. Uh, the second trailer in this is Johnny English with Mr. Bean himself. Yeah, and I wrote a note. The naked guns, like Leslie Nielsen's better than Mr. Bean. Oh, I'm not going to fight people over it, but, you know, that's just one man's opinion. You know, tomato, tomato. <laughs> one funny guy versus the other funny guy. I, I think Mr. Bean would take him in a fight, though. Ooh, he's got crazy eyes. I don't Plus, know. Frank Drebin is dead, so yeah. But Frank Drebin is friends with O.J. Simpson, so what? Every guy is dead. He's friend. Really, he's friends with O.J. Well, he's in all the movies. He's in all the Naked but, Gun movies. <laughs> yeah, Nordberg, Lieutenant Nordberg. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. When I kind of didn't get what you said i thought you said mr bean was friends with oj and i was like what oh. <laughs> well, that's weird okay yeah that'd be kind of weird yeah yeah i could definitely see all the naked guns all the naked gun guys being friends with oj yeah you're right he was was he in all three or was he just in like two and three i thought oj was just in the first one yeah i don't remember i know he's a part of it that's all i remember yeah yeah i haven't we're seen not here watching forever. naked gun all right and then the last one was a promo for sci-fi original movies on saturday Nothing exciting there. Let's move on to the actual movie trailer itself. Unexplained noises, unusual disturbances, and unnatural sounds will finally surface. They're coming! Now, to battle the worst of the worst... Are they following us? This small town will recruit the best... You're gonna hire a gunfight. Who might you be, sir? Black hand, Kelly? Tremors 4, The Legend Begins, the exciting feature-length prequel to the smash hit Tremors, starring original cast member Michael Gross. We stand our ground and fight to the death. With extras you can't miss. You missed with a cannon! Was that them? Tremors 4, The Legend Begins. Ooh, I'll watch it. Why does that look better than the actual film? I like think the color that one's in... looks so much better. Yeah, because I think that was a an HD trailer. Oh, a remake. Or yeah. whatever. What I did notice is when I was listening to the commentary and occasionally would look back, uh, there I couldn't notice any CG in the VHS for the most part, but in the you know, like new Blu-ray that they had out for it. Like where the tremors are traveling underneath the ground and stuff, you could. Yeah, it's very much early two thousand CG. <laughs> Pretty that's, bad. That's my issue with uh, HD. Oh, it's like uh, there's effects that are meant to be hidden by the quality of the film, mm-hmm. and then when you 
make it all look better. You can now see the wires or the neon lights, like where they were hooked up. Yeah, I agree. It's not the best. One of the That's ones that showed that the most was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies, especially one and two, where you could just start to see stuff on the, the actual costumes. And I'm like, yeah, but you couldn't on the VHS or on the big screen because, you know, they had that grain and everything. Then they stick them out on HD and color, you know, like make it all clear. And it's just like, ah, yeah, but now I can see everything. I can tell their costumes in some parts. Batman Still an awesome will- movie, but. Yeah, Batman with Mr. Freeze. What is that, Batman and Robin? Yeah. Batman Forever? Batman and Robin is what did it for me. Where you're like, down with this HD. Yeah, that shit. It just doesn't look good. Yeah, same thing. I, I remember rewatching um The Thing, and I love it more on VHS than I ever will on HD because it just hides some things. Mm-hmm. Well, even Star Wars, when those were released on HD, you can tell... Like mm-hmm. when they're going blasting the Death Star, you can tell that's a model, you know, and they're just like setting off little mini explosives on it. Yeah, for the time, one of the best special effects out there. And then yeah. HD just fucking ruins it. That's right, kids. Back in our day, the grain hid things. It's great. <laughs> Why is this if... film so dark? Uh, it's on purpose. <laughs> yeah. And it's we've been complaining purpose. about George Lucas for the last 24 years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or longer. Oh. You guys <laughs> you know, watch that finale? Oh, you're talking about that? I did, Ahsoka? yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was good. Yeah. What a great series. I loved it. So good. We'll move on or we'll be stuck on that forever. We'll do Let's get into this film. <laughs> oh, we travel all the way back to 1989. And the director let me know they chose 1889 because the original movie was made in 1989 but it came out in 1990 he's like i don't want people to get confused we just wanted to go 100 years back from the first one and i'm like i don't think people care dude i think you're way overthinking that (laughs) yeah you know who your fan base is it was 13 year old boys playing magic yeah uh and then they named the town rejection which i definitely needed to put a note who the hell calls a town rejection like i don't Get that. I know they're being goofy and everything. They're like, oh, the first town was called perfection. Now it's called rejection. I just think that's a little too far. <laughs> I don't know. That early 2000s edgelord, that, it would have been cool in like uh, some gritty sci fi movie. Yeah, except this isn't a gritty sci fi movie. <laughs> they can dream, though. It's true. Well, we're still in Nevada and uh, we, we have a silver mine letting you know we are really far away. From the original town here and uh we see our well we actually don't see our first death it's all off camera but those are in some famous uh what are those caves called underneath the hollywood sign does anyone remember that's where this is recorded oh, i no did idea. not know that i don't know didn't even oh, yeah. know they existed they've been using everything from star trek i mean like you know a thousand movies everyone uses them but they were sitting there talking about how they had to create walls inside of it because it's actually a very open cave. So yeah. <laughs> they're like, yeah, we had to build walls and everything and you got to follow rules because you can't actually hurt the cave. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. When you The walls just are hover hands the whole time. Oh, I'm sure it's like paper mache walls. Yeah. Deep as hell. All right. And then we uh, we get to see a bunch of uh, town folks, you know, that are, you know, it's just like the town of sort of from Tremors 1 
we've got a you know hotel owner we've got the changs owning a tent <laughs> with like a wood front with a tent in the back yeah it looks like a fireworks stand pretty much yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, a strong windstorm would just knock it right down <laughs> But yeah, it's like a mom, dad, and and a kid. Like they put all their money, all of these business owners that put all their money into this town. So when all the miners leave because of the monster that attacked, you know, they're stuck there. So that's kind of the story here. And then we have a rich man who comes up with his bike and owns the silver mine and is talking all fancy and happens to be our boy Michael Gross playing Hiram Gumber is like great great grandfather i think it is we'll go with that yep i just wrote a note here he's a delightful douchebag i mean this guy can really he's what kind of ties it all together through the entire series like all seven movies and he is wonderful i like him he's a good actor i don't know Mm -hmm. if it's because of tremors or if he's ever been in anything else but i enjoy him well he's best known for the dad and family ties michael j fox all that nonsense i never watched that show i i did but i'm a little too young I remember that as a kid, yeah, and I'm like, Alex Keaton's a conservative, so I want to be a conservative. Oh, that's right. That was his thing, right? Like, he wanted to be, like, a little Reaganite. Yeah. And was his sister, like, a liberal kind of thing I think so, yeah. And it was, like, just, you know, hijinks ensued. Hmm. It sounds like today, bud. Yeah. Yeah, except today they'd be just, like, railing each other and... The, just the worst insults ever. Oh, and I basically you were taking it a different direction. <laughs> <laughs> no. Not that kind of rail. <laughs> no. I was like, this nasty. <laughs> I do love that, like, <laughs> that Bert wanted to, or he wanted Bert Gummer. Sorry. Harlem Gummer. Hiram Gummer. That's it. Michael Gross wanted to play Hiram Gummer as a woman he wanted to be the grandma instead and the director and the producers were like yeah no that's not gonna happen (laughs) when you told me that i i was like that would have made this movie so much better (laughs) do i want to live in a universe where that's a real thing yeah kind of you know now that you mentioned i want to see that yeah I just don't think when it comes to them spending their money, like how conservative a lot of producers are and stuff, there's no way. Uh-uh. But, uh, no, yeah, he said they rejected it pretty fast. And some of those movies like that became hits later. Like Tu Wong Fu is an amazing mm-hmm. movie. But, I mean, it was years later before people really appreciated it. Yeah, and I think like dressing as a woman was kind of popular, you know, in the 90s, because maybe even the 2000s, because I remember... Martin Lawrence did like a big mama's house. And then somewhere I just feel like Jamie Foxx. And actually that was probably the Jamie Foxx show where he just dressed and drag all the time. Well, we had, Mrs. Just, Doubt- you know, yeah, we had Mrs. Doubtfire. We have the whole, yeah. the whole Medea series, which is a little bit later, but man, they've made a lot of those. Um, Regrettably. Tootsie. So I definitely think America was ready for it. I just don't think these producers were. <laughs> That's fair. That's a fair point. Yeah. Plus, I, I one thing I really wanted to know was, would he play the grandma with a mustache or without a mustache? I said, keep it. That's part of your trademark, my man. <laughs> yeah, he's just doing <laughs> a brand drag. Just... Uh, I can't get that image out of a face now. 
which is a horrible grandma's wig with a big old mustache. <laughs> hey, honey. <laughs> Let's go get these monsters out of the mine. Need you uh, bastards to get back to work in my mind. Well, at least they got to, you know, play off that Hiram is like complete opposite of Bert. Hmm. You know, like Hiram comes in, he's got a bike, doesn't know how to ride a horse. He's a fancy lad. He doesn't own a firearm, which they like to point out. He has no survival skills. He's just there to get these ruffians back to work. Yeah. I mean, they even uh, even have the joke where he promises the kid his cake. That's what I was just going to bring up. He really loves cake. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, go get me my. I don't even know what he asked him. He just told the kid to go get him something. And when he came back, because he promised him the rest of his cake if he got it. And then when he comes back, he eats it. He's just like, remember, if you can take advantage of someone, always do it. Like, Jesus. But I mean, throughout the. Sorry. One thing about the opening that I noticed as the person I am, and you Mm -hmm. brought it up as the bicycle, those are the most modern parts for 1994 thrown on something that is supposed to be from 18 to 84 or whatever. Did you yeah. notice that? Yeah, I don't know what bikes looked like back then, but yeah, I was just like, that must have been tough to like, because what it seemed to me is the director was really big into getting all the like antique guns mm-hmm. and the antique steam engine that they had. But yeah, the bike seemed like they got a little like, eh. They just you forgot. Just, yeah. And he's like, oh, I think one of the guys rode that to work today. Go get it. Yeah. You know, like, Kind of get one that looks old-ish. It's like, we'll just steal Jim's over there. <laughs> Jim got it from a flea market. It's old enough. Yeah. Yeah, but they at least the kid and Hiram later on become friends, and you kind of see the connection that they're trying to do here. But we forgot to mention Juan, or at least I did. Juan was in the cave, or was in the mine, when the original miners were killed. And he's stuck in this town not because he owns something, but he's trying to buy a farm or he wants a ranch ranch or something like that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So I guess he's saving up his money and he he figures the only way he could do that is to work in the mine. So he doesn't leave. So then he helps Hiram uh, take a bunch of hired guns up to the, uh, to the mines to basically kill whatever killed the miners. And that's when we have our first attack by these little dirt dragons. They nickname them these little bitty trimmers. It's little graboids. They're not graboids. They're not shriekers. They're not ass blasters. They're a fourth variant of this species here. Yeah, I guess they're just what hatches out of the eggs. Okay, like baby graboids. Mm-hmm. So that's something we should mention, too. Like All four of these films, well, at least every sequel adds something on to like the cycle of this graboid and we'll go through each one of them but in this one it introduces that graboid eggs have to be in something really hot to hatch and you know they they rapidly grow i mean they went from little bitty tiny graboids to gigantic graboids in like what a month is that like the duration of this movie you'd say i'd say shorter than that shorter than that like two three weeks something like that yeah, because in other ones, it's like two days of them eating and they've transformed or grown. Oh, these things grow like the alien then. They just they pop out of they're someone's chest and then they two days later, they're full full grown. Yeah, yeah, that seems a little crazy, but hey, 
whatever. We got to do what we got to do. I mean, you didn't live in an ancient egg for 4,000 years or whatever. Yeah, I don't think in this one, there is one of the ones I watched we'll talk about. They actually talk about how long the eggs take to hatch. But yeah, we don't actually know. In this one, we don't know how old these eggs are. And I noticed specifically they didn't, you know, they didn't want anything to do with shriekers or uh, ass blasters. <laughs> they're just like, nope, eggs. And they're in a hot spring. That's how they hatched. <laughs> we don't have the budget for the other ones. And they got uncovered. Uh, it's where they dumped some of the dirt from the mine. Mm-hmm. And they cleared out the mine, they said. Yep. So, Always humans uh, then, and they're meddling. Uh, just fucking yeah. up Mother Nature. That's what Tremors is. It's a cautionary tale about environmental issues and dancing. You can't dance. No, because if you Get dance, it. they'll come and eat you. That's There's entire towns that live by that now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that pretty much, uh, when all the gun, gun the little, all the hired guns die and everything, they find the little baby sh- uh, uh, graboids. That pretty much ends Act 1, and then we go into Act 2, which is I just is basically the Black Hand Kelly Act. Where the the towns folks get the, get together and they're like, okay, well, we got to hire uh, a, a quick draw fighter who can gonna, get rid of these gigantic graboids. He's gonna shoot his gun inside. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the director's story on this is pretty good. So originally they wanted Black Hand Kelly to be a younger guy, like a younger Wyatt Earp, or or maybe as he described, he wanted him to be more a little bit like Doc Holliday. What he didn't want is he didn't want him to be like a Billy Billy the Kid type. He didn't want him to be wild and just shooting off the hip and everything. Well, apparently a lot of the actors that they brought in came in like that, like Billy the Kid. They, you know, came in really aggressive and younger. He's like, ah, so it was tough. So they decided to take on a few more actors and they had um I just lost his name. Bill uh, Drago. Yeah, Billy Drago came in. And he's like, well, he took our script or the for the read through and basically changed all the lines and changed how Black Hand Kelly talked. And they're like, well, we never considered him being an older guy who was like this. But they said, you know, when you sit there and you just watch Billy Drago play this character, you're like, how could I not hire him? Yeah. And he goes, oh. the, the sad part was is the script was already written. All the sets were, you know, everything was ready to go. We only had so much time to shoot because he goes, Black Hand Kelly was just basically a second, you know, like a, a chapter two character. He was there to show Bert how to be, he was there to show Hiram how to be Bert, you know, kind of like connect the films together. He's like, you know, in all honesty, I would have rather had Billy Drago stay for the rest of the film and then maybe die at the end. But he's just like, what? you know, we already had everything ready, so. Yeah, it's too it's bad. Kind of hard. That's too bad. Billy Drago is kind of like this hidden gem. And you guys don't, mm-hmm. I mean, our listeners, we really love Billy Drago's work and like dude's always bringing it. Yeah. He's great yeah. in everything I've seen. I'm always excited to see him pop up on film. Yeah. He's very unique. It's too bad that someone like Tarantino never got him at the end and could have got him into one of his movies. So like a lot of, you know, like general audiences could have seen him. And how good he was at what he did. Because he's more of just like a, a B-movie character actor. But just like almost everything he does is, is awesome. And very unique. Yeah. So. yeah. That's how I would characterize it. Very unique. Very memorable. Mm-hmm. So they end up 
getting together and, you know, Billy Drago or Blackhand Kelly's basically making fun of Hiram the entire time. But he's also using a lot of his the lines that you'll hear Bert say in this franchise and kind of like the attitude that like a Bert would have, you know, like always be prepared, you know, always be ready to move and always have your firearm, you know, loaded, you know, like all this stuff. So they get caught in basically a shack where they're fighting the trimmers or the graboids and the graboids are basically pulling every plank away from the floor one by one. They're really smart. And I think that's what's kind of fun about this. They're using their tongues. Mm -hmm. That's what I thought when they first got killed and you guys are saying tiny graboids. I was like, I've seen this tons of times. I thought they've only seen the tongues then and they just thought they were sand dragons. They didn't know that there was a creature attached to those. No, they were all tiny ones. I'm going to watch this again. Just that scene. Because they had shells. Like the the one, I forget, maybe it was Juan who picked it up. And he's like, look, it's like they're shedding their shells. Did they? I don't know. I've seen this so many times, but I glaze over. And now I'm flashback. So, well, they actually, the reason I know it is that it's because they came up with the nickname for dirt dragons. Like, I do get your point with it. But I, I guess they were actually going to put this into a video game where they had little bitty tremors that you had to kill. Mm. So I was reading about that. So uh, so when the, the Graboid is full grown, they pull all the planks out and, you know, Billy Drago ends up dying. But he dies really well. <laughs> he does. He does. That's great. <laughs> Pointing his gun down, like right into the Graboid, like firing it in his stomach. Doesn't matter. You did. That's- that's when I was watching this, and I was like, the Graboids look really good mm-hmm. in this. I was like, I forgot that they're pretty much practical through most of this movie. Yeah, I was thinking they must have just reused some of the old Graboids that we had, and just they're sitting around. I was like, hey, let's make another movie with Graboids in it. That somehow wasn't rotten in a field. <laughs> or reused for another film and just, like, destroyed. Yeah, you've seen, you've seen Jaws. Yeah. Oh, that thing, it's, it looked better. Bruce wasn't doing too well. <laughs> I don't know. The director actually didn't talk about. I mean, he said they had a couple puppets, you know, that were used for different things, like one that had like puppeteers, one that had someone inside controlling it. So I don't I think they had a couple miniatures. I don't quite know if they were reusing the ones, but. I mean, it was really well done, especially, you know, Blackhand Kelly being swallowed eaten alive yeah. by one of these is, is great. And even when they have the, the Graboid at the end, uh, you know, like the final Graboid, it just looks really great. So, yeah, yeah you're right. The only thing I think is, in three and four that don't look that great <clears throat> when it comes to the puppetry is the little tentacle ones. They don't look as good. Like, they, they took a lot of care and time when they made the first and second one with those little, you know, with their, like, tentacle tongues. Oh, yeah, how it looks like a sock puppet. Yeah. Like, they'll look really good, and then you see it bending in a weird spot. (laughs) That ain't right. I did notice they were gooey in this one, though. That's something that I noticed from, like, especially Tremors 2 and 3, and we'll talk about. But they brought back a lot of the slime uh, for the tentacles in this one. Get the KY Jelly, kids. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it's all about the details. And KY stop Jelly. By the, stop by the set of, uh, what's that movie we reviewed with the skunting and the... Oh, society. society. Must stop by the set of society and just get a little extra. <laughs> just pick yeah, some yeah, extra off the floor. They got 400 gallons. They can spare some. Yeah, if anybody out KY Jelly that movie, I want to see it. 
Oh yeah. I don't know. You'd have to have like melting people or so. I don't even know. <laughs> hey, hey, Brad, you want to make a movie? <laughs> uh, we, got I, we got iPhones, man. You don't need much more. You just, yeah. You need some actors, some sets, a story. Just, just go, just go. Just me and Brad. <laughs> I'll do some chucking. All right, so coming directly uh, to anadogjones.com. <laughs> oh, oh, Jesus. I don't want to get those visuals out of my mind. Let's move on to the third act here where Bert just, I just said Bert again. Hiram just leaves. He's just like, you know, you guys can have the mine. I'm out. Fuck this. I'm taking whatever I got left, which is like basically a watch. And uh, I'm going to the next biggest town. I'm taking a bath and I'm going home. Well, he, he sells his silver mine to her for a carriage to get out of there while a horse. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He's like, I'll pay you when I get back to town and get a bank. And she's like, no, I don't do that. Yeah. I mean, I was getting the illusion here or I was like getting the impression that Hiram actually has no money. Like whatever it's, he has on him, that's all he's got left. And it's tied up in the mine, most likely. Yeah, and the mine is now useless in his mind. They never got it going again because the Chang family would be like loaded then. Yeah. By the time wow. of the first, you yeah. know, 100 years down the road. Well, yeah, it's kind of, I'm a little confused when we get to the end about exactly what happens to the mine. I guess we can all figure it out. But yeah, he ends up getting to the town. He takes a bath, but he feels bad because he hears that the, the graboids, you know, like do like a telegram or whatever. Have, are attacking the town so then he just sells his watch which the director pointed out that like this was a super super fancy watch back in the day so he would have got a lot of money so he sells the watch and buys a silver a piece attached to it yep and then buys a bunch of guns and then rides back to town and you know they make their final stand against the graboids which i think that two or three graboids were left because i think Juan killed one at the beginning with a pitch it's not pitchfork. Uh, what is the the pickaxe? Pick. Yeah, yeah, pickaxe. He, he and then, the actually, pickaxe. I think there were still three left, right? Yeah, I they, think that's what it was. They said there was three. Yeah. So they make their final stand, and I can tell everyone who is watching this film that the director was huge on his steam engine. He had written a steam engine into multiple period piece movies, and this was the first one that actually allowed him to do it, to build it and use it. So he's like, that's why it's in the final scene to kill the final Graboid. It is cool, though. It's like Mad Max out of nowhere. I mean, he used it as soon as he was allowed to build it and use it or like borrow it or whatever it was. He's like, oh, he changed the ending to make sure that they killed the Graboid with it. (laughs) Yeah, and they were using it as like a tractor combine style thing for farming. I mean, it was in so many shots, you know, he really used that in the background a lot. And I think at one time they're using it for a well, another time they're using it to like, I don't know, create a flat in the ground. I don't know. They're using it for everything. And then I can't tell you for anyone who watches this, that punt gun, the giant cannon he has, that's 100% a real gun from this time period. Yeah. So apparently it was basically you filled it with a bunch of pellets and it was used on boats to kill flocks of ducks 
Jesus Christ. So I guess you'd scare the ducks, they'd fly up in the air, and you'd shoot the punt gun. Yeah, it's like a a, a cannon. Yeah, it's like a cannon just shotgun. Post up and, and then misses. <laughs> yeah. What do you that's one of the best parts. That's one of this the best parts from the trailer. Home Alone style booby trap for him, and then he misses. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do with all those ducks uh, after you shoot them all? Just leave them? I, Probably. I, if they're American, would... they did. In the 1800s, yeah, people like to do that. Just shoot animals and just leave them. Yeah, just waste that food. Well, I mean, to them back then, like every there's so, you know, there were so many animals in the wild, you know, they hadn't been like completely deforested, you know, like droven out of their home. Yeah, see you that baldy over there? Go shoot that damn thing. Yeah, I guess the idea of endangered species never existed. So, yeah. Yeah, if you told them something like that, they'd be like, what are you talking about? I just saw a hundred of them back there. Yeah. I don't know why they had those country bumpkin. Oh, it fits. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean the buffalo will go could go instinct? Uh-uh. Look how many there are. I kill them for pelts anyway. They taste like crap. Blah. Ding. You ever had buffalo? Oh, yeah, I've had bison. American bison. Yeah, yep. Tastes pretty good. Tastes I was grilling good. some up in front of a bison the whole time and I was like, This is <laughs> really weird. Just got a bison here in a cage staring at me. Yep, it's like cooking bacon in front of a pig. It's kind of weird, but still tastes great. One day you'll be in this pan. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So they, I, I do like. Okay, so the uh, the native old man uh, who who has an Indian in front. No, wait, I forgot what was it. So the hotel owner said, like, I don't know, some cowboy paid, uh, paid me with this Indian, right? Wasn't that what it was? No, this was going to be, it was going to be my uh, museum, but you brought it up. Uh, that's why I was like, you guys remember Augusta Schellenberg? Oh, okay. yeah. But he's like, not everybody has a statue of themselves. Yeah. He's yeah. like, look at this. <laughs> She's like, that ain't a statue of you. And he's like, looks a lot like me, though. Yeah, I know, but like someone couldn't pay their hotel bill, right? And then they yeah. paid with that. Mm -hmm. uh, it's pretty I, funny. I, I like it. I like that bit. And then it comes back right now. Yeah. Where the graboid they think gets him, and uh, but it gets the statue. <laughs> I did. They had a lot of callbacks in this too. Uh, you know, like the flagpole that he was digging, and she pointed out. She's like, "You know, Nevada hasn't adopted a flag yet." And he goes, "Oh, I know. They haven't done it yet. I just want to be prepared." And then he like sticks like a saw or something in the hole, and then the the graboid runs right into it. I love that one. Yeah, that's brutal, and just yeah. oozes through the ground. Yeah, that was a really good death. I don't even remember how. They, I think the other one they just blow up right with like dynamite or something. He shoots one of them. Yeah. No. And then they no. kill the other one with the steam engine. Yeah. No. So I think they do. They only kill two. No, they kill more. He gets one with the gun, the punt gun, right? He gets one with the yeah. the saw blade, then the last one with the steam engine. Yeah. If I remember yeah, right. Yeah, so it was the saw blade, the second shot of the punt gun that got the other one, and then the steam engine. Yeah. And then the, the other one eats the punt gun. Oh, did it eat the punt gun? Yeah. That's crazy. I, I like, can't I believe don't, I don't remember that. I thought one of them got away. I can't remember. Or there was more know. eggs. Like I said, I glaze over on this. After you've seen a movie like 20 or 30 times, if it's not that great, you don't pay attention every time. No. 
Yeah, it's like the first one before I even watched it for this. I remembered almost everything about it. It's just so memorable. I even remembered most of the second one. I like the second one quite a bit. Uh, this yeah. one I watched, you know, one and a half times. I don't know if the second time it was mostly just listening to the commentary. So I didn't really watch it. But, you know, I, I don't know. Um, but I can tell anyone who's going to watch this film. The last 20 minutes really picks up. It's a lot of fun. Uh, great practicals. Um, kind of some cool, fun kills. It's just the problem with this. It's like the first 40 minutes are pretty rough. So yeah. when, yeah. when the movie is good, it's fun. Mm-hmm. And in between it is boring. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the best way. Uh, I guess we'll go into recommendations. Well, we have some trivia. I'll let you know. Uh, after the home video success of Trimmers Part 3, the Sci-Fi Channel created a TV series that uh, actually, I think the TV series was 2003-ish. And I guess Burke Gummer's in it, you know, his character is in it. And they remove him from the TV series to send him to shoot number four. I think that is completely bizarre. I agree. And I didn't even know there was a series until looking this up on the internet. Yeah, you take yeah. Michael Gross out of Tremors, you don't have Tremors anymore. Yeah, who I, removes Bert from Tremors? Is that just, is an asinine decision. Yeah, it's like that's worse than removing Bert from Sesame Street. Don't ever do that. I hope one day Ernie's going to just have a, that? one day Ernie's going to go on a bender, and Bert's just going to disappear. Let's no. just, let's replace. The Tremors with Bert and Ernie. <laughs> That's a totally different. Oh, and then have, you know, Grandma, Grandma um, Gummer. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. That'd be a good movie. That's the movie we want. <laughs> I want to see Big Bird stumble on stage and like after drinking a 12 packs and ranting about the government's lies. You mean the true, the true bird? <laughs> Truth bird. <laughs> We're going way off the tangent here. You're going to be a big American eagle then. Oh, we're almost off the rails here, but we'll come right back with this. Apparently was nominated for seven DVD exclusive awards. Uh, Is that like a direct to video DVD thing? Yeah, there's like some genre for that. And also that that steam engine, that particular model was not invented until 1912. They lied to us. Fucking inaccurate. The bike, the steam engine. This film is losing all its creds. I think really what they were mostly paying attention to, because the the um, only one of the guns were not available in in 1889. And I think it was the one that the um, Mama Chang had. Uh, apparently that wasn't invented. Yeah, maybe it was a pistol. I, I didn't really pay attention to the director talking about it. I mostly just paid attention when he was talking about the punk gun. But he was like, yeah, we couldn't find anything that looked really good. So we gave her this one. It wasn't invented actually till like 1920 something. And I was like, ah, yeah, I don't really care. Dude, okay. He pulled out a chain gun. Like That was real. That was from that era. I know. I know. I've seen Wild Wild West. I did. Yeah, that's that's actually the film we should always point to when it comes to historical accuracy of the Western times. Oh, that Gatling gun. Yeah, that was like, yeah. That was invented, and then that was when also the North and the South and the Civil War were using like old, like 1870s or you know, 
early 1800s like military tactics you would just march your army like in a straight line <laughs> in formation and they're pulling out the gatling gun and like and like everyone's dead yeah i think that's when it probably started to change is when you get a gatling gun out there and everyone's like oh, i'm not gonna march straight at them anymore you know what works better <laughs> yeah you know you just made fun of the accuracy of wild wild west that's a scene in that movie <laughs> when they discuss that during the Civil War. <laughs> Government's been lying to you, giant arachnids are real. <laughs> you, know what works, you know what works better than marching like slowly in an open field? is just sitting back behind something durable that won't allow a bullet to go through it and shooting the other guy. Yeah, yeah. hiding for a bit. Uh, you guys have all seen The Patriot starring Mel Gibson. He invented that. Guerrilla warfare. It's all Mel Gibson. I mean, you basically owe our freedom to Mel Gibson, so that's he's true. having a comeback. Well, he's, he's a fucking great actor, so yeah. I know that's what I always hate, and I'm like, man, you're good at your craft, but boy, if you were on fire, I wouldn't pee on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those crazy Australians! You just yeah, never yeah. know what you're gonna get with them. His damn car dealership pulled their sponsorship of the show. How fucking mad! <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you say they sped out of here? <laughs> uh, too many jokes too many jokes guys gotta keep this focused uh do we recommend trimmers for chris you watched it as a kid the most do you recommend it no uh, i i love this movie and i've grown up and it's a fond memory of me and one of my best friends and but no i don't recommend sitting down and watching it mm. brad how about you i'd say if you are deep down the rabbit hole of the Tremors verse, the Tremors universe, like then yes, but you know, I would be not one of the 33% in the audience score that would recommend this. I, I, I saw it. I didn't hate it, but I'm not going to watch it again. Yeah. I'm with you. Unless you're a completist, you really don't need to watch this. It's just, there's too much downtime. It, you know, it's, it's definitely kind of cheap. Just watch the last 20 minutes. I don't think we're talking to completist when we look at this. Like, it, uh, people will watch it that have seen the other ones or whatever that mm -hmm. want to watch the entire series. But, like, you're just a normal dude or gal uh, sitting at home. I, yeah, I don't recommend being like, oh, it's on Netflix right now. Maybe I'll check it out. No. Yeah, and I'm actually surprised this thing was PG-13. Because if you would have asked me, I would have said PG. I mean, this thing is so tame. There's blood. That's what it is. Yeah, but it's still, I mean, there's, yeah, I guess they have to make it PG-13. No, there's blood. But it's pretty tame. It's one of the most tame Tremors films I've ever seen. So you also have to look at that. But let's move on to the museum. This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. This is the part of the show where we go out in the film jungle like Indy and bring something back to our Tremors wing of the museum. I think this is going to be an awesome, fun wing of the museum. Brad, I'm just pulling it out of the hat. You go first. I'm going to go with, finally, Billy Drago gets to shoot some dicks. Oh, yep. <laughs> He's good trying one. to... Well, he kind of does shoot the, you know, like the, the tentacle thing. So that's he kind, kind of, of like examined a... for the dick right there. If, the, yeah. if those bad boys have he one. He shoots the, the sausage. That's I don't right. know if that was a reference, but. I mean, they're kind of like mouth dicks. 
You say that? Oh, well, I meant the, so the sausage on the wall. He shoots that. Oh, I know that. Yeah, yeah. I also do love the entire scene where Billy Drago's like, you see those apples over there? Throw me one. And everyone expects him to shoot the apple in the air. And he's like, no, I was just hungry. <laughs> you're going to shoot your gun inside. I the director didn't say that he just made that up, but I have a feeling he just made that up. Like Billy Drago was sitting there. He's like, I know it'd be funny. I know what kind of movie I'm in. So, uh, how about you, Chris? What do you got? Uh, I'll just steal the the tremors, the graboids. Yeah, because I mean, mine was the uh, native statue scene, but we already discussed it. I'm just going to go with the graboids. I'm going to go with the big bombastic gun. I thought the punk gun was hilarious. Yeah, and you it just it. absolutely shocked me when it was real. And then I was started, you know, looking up on Wikipedia about it. And I'm like, what? It's not actually called a punt gun. They have a, a real technical term, you know, like whatever the name is. But somehow it got a nickname later on called the punt gun. But I don't know how. They just said it's nicknamed a punt gun. I'm like, well, come on, Wikipedia. If I can't trust you to give me all the knowledges, who can I trust? I'm sure someone can write us in and tell us. Does anyone is anyone a gun expert from the 1800s? Please. Yeah, I'm looking up a punt gun right now. Yeah, some extremely large shotgun for shooting large numbers of waterfowl for commercial harvesting operations. Okay. Oh, so it's to make money faster because if you can shoot a whole bunch of them at once, it must be easier. Yeah, typically mounted to a small watercraft. That's why they call mm -hmm. it the punt. So I'm saying he's carrying like a small cannon. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, and it's not small. It's like ten feet long. Yeah, I know. it's ridiculous. It's, it's like just narrow. It's, it's so ridiculous. It's also ridiculous that he's trying to hold it up and fire it at the same time. <laughs> Lay down, rest that thing yeah. on on the the stagecoach, the wagon, and then shoot. You know, just relax and let that thing fire a bunch of little pellets at the trimmer, which I don't even think would penetrate the the hide of the actual graboid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you'd have to actually have a cannon. I'm surprised they didn't use a cannon. I mean, they learned their lesson. Yeah. Well, that will end our Tremors 4 review. I'm sorry, our Tremors 4 The Legend Begins review. I got to remember these subtitles because every one of these sequels have a subtitle. Can't go with anything basic. All yeah. subtitles in this. So uh, come back next week when we were going in reverse order and we'll be doing Tremors 3 if you couldn't figure that out. I'm sorry, Trimmers 3, Back to Perfection. We're going back to the town, baby. I should mention at the end of this film that I guess Bert gives everyone a small part of the mine and then they change the name to Perfection. Can't forget that. No. So remember to be kind. And, and we have socials to plug. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Okay. Rewind. Hey, Chris, why don't you plug our socials? Uh, we have a Facebook group called Analog Jones and the Temple of Film. Uh, we've been getting more active in there, which is cool. And then we have an Instagram, which is Analog Jones, T-O-F. And feel free to email us that we're idiots and don't know anything about guns at analogjonestof at gmail.com. I like it. Tell us what we don't know, other than we do have Wikipedias, which makes us so smart. So remember to be kind. And rewind. rewind. <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs>